Quite an episode of Men of Low Moral Fiber. We are back to our original two, just Ben and Jason here today, to bring you this special bonus episode. Uh, Because 2020 has struck, uh, it has played hell with our uh, mental health, our physical health, our time, we're exhausted. And although I was passionate, I was excited to talk to you all about Paradise Killer. Uh, My co-hosts had some things get in the way. And frankly, I might have also, because I played it two months ago. So uh, the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure I would have done it either. Uh, ben, welcome to the pod. Uh, hey, thank you. Do you want to... Ex- <laughs> that was NPR voice. I loved it. Yes. yes. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm here as well. Do you want to talk about what's been keeping you down? Uh, or do you just want to say, man, this is 2020, right? Big old shrug. I think 2020, big old yeah. shrug, as far as... Yeah, it's just been kind of rough on everyone. And... um yeah, just did not was not able to find time to play very many games. Um, we'll talk about what else we've been playing here and there, but I think the idea of starting a brand new game, I think also a game that you'd already played. So there was that lack of like almost every game in the first like two or three hours. I text you and I'm like, dude, how did you get yep. through this? Because you're usually like an hour or two ahead yep. of me or vice yep. versa, right? Totally. So if I be in a game or if I'm ahead, you'll text me and be like, am I gonna, I'm not liking it yet. What do I do? Yep. And so there, because you were done with it, I was like, well... I don't even want him to like have to be like, oh, two months ago when I beat it, I thought this, so just keep going. I don't know. That's a good Jason impression, I'm sure. It's perfect. Uh, but yeah, so I, I wasn't able to pick it up, um, and I will uh, try to do that in the next couple weeks, and we'll come out with an actual Paradise Killer episode, and it'll be amazing. So rather than just interviewing Jason about Paradise Killer, uh, we figured actually do a, a real episode on yeah, it. Yeah, that was one option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we, we will have the Paradise Killer episode coming for you. Um, and then we're gonna have the holiday episode after that, and then we'll be right back on track for February. Uh, so a little compressed in the next mm-hmm. few weeks. And, and this is our penance. This is your, your free pod where we are just going to sit around yep. and just, just chat about what we've been playing. Uh, and I got a, got a segment I came up with, uh, for deal breakers for games. Uh, what are the things that keep you from playing a game, uh, that, that knock you right out of it? Don't we have a segment called that deal deal break? No, what's it called? Uh, game changers. That's the segment. <laughs> Game changers. Game changers. You remember that? Do we have that? I don't know is why we made that a segment. Game? We should do that. That's great. I don't know, but I made that game? into a segment and we've dropped it into at least oh, one we gotta episode. Bring it back. We got to bring it's, it back. That's great. Okay. Yeah. I'll drop it into this one for sure. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We should, we should mention why Corey isn't here, by the way. Oh, that's right. Uh, Corey literally physically can't record with us right now because uh, she's got a cough and I, I've talked to her. Uh, she's doing okay, but you know, every 30 seconds she coughs. Uh, especially if she's talking a bunch. Yeah. So uh, to be honest, it's just annoying. And I would have to edit those out and I was just not going to, I wasn't going to deal oh, with such that. Such a pain. Such yeah. a pain. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also filled in for her on today's Jack of all graves, her other podcast. Uh, and so, yeah, you did. yeah I don't, I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, I'm going to tell you to just listen to that, but I tweeted about it today. Honestly, it was one of my top moments of 2020. It was so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely some fun surprises in that episode. I've seen clips. There's a very yeah. big surprise in that episode, and it's it's well worth listening to. So Jack of all graves, go get that on your podcatchers. Nice. All right, we're going to talk about some other games we're playing before we get into Deal Breakers. Yeah, what else we've been playing, and then we'll uh, talk about some Deal Breakers and then kind of wrap it up. It'll be uh, a short-ish episode, but I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, so Ben, yeah. can we start with, with Game Pass? Is that a good place to start? Yeah, Game Pass is a great place to start. So I, right. I every... Three months or month or whatever, I get an email from Xbox. It's like, sign up for Game Pass. It's only five bucks a month. It's only two bucks a month. It's only, and I got one last month that was, it's 99 cents for the next six months. I was like, I could spend four gumballs for six months. If, if you had waited one more month, they would have paid I know, you. I know. For the next two years, we will give you $1 a month. <laughs> There's a check waiting for you in your mailbox. <laughs> Just sign up. So I finally signed up. You signed up. Our buddy Sean Thompson signed up. Uh, I think like Nick and Richard, all the people who've been on our show have signed up for the game pass. I finally jump on the train. So, uh, but yeah, immediately went on it and I was, I think the first thing I was struck by just going through the list of games I could download was how many kids games there were. Yeah. Which I guess 
that, that's like obviously a huge demographic that plays video games that are games that I don't usually play or even know about other than like Minecraft or ones that take over the world I've heard of. But like all these games based on like Daniel Tiger IP and stuff like that. Like I downloaded the Paw Patrol game for Switch a few months ago. Games like that that I'm just like not in the know of. Um, so one game I downloaded that I love and played more than my kids do is Disneyland Adventure. It's so good. Oh, I came out. I don't even know. I think it's like 2013 or 14. It's it's old. Yeah, uh, it's probably Xbox. Yeah, it's, it's Xbox 360. Yeah, 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 it is. But the graphics aren't horrible or anything. It's definitely it looks cool. But when I first read the description, I realized it was a game where you just could walk around Disneyland, which that idea Perfect alone pandemic game brought me so oh. much joy. Such a simple oh. idea. And that's what the game is for. I don't know. Half of the game. And then you, the first thing I did, of course, like I do when I go to Disneyland and I, like history of me in Disneyland, we'd go every couple of years growing up. We grew up in California. So that was our spring break thing or summer thing as a family. And we in college, I went to college in LA. So for two or three of those years, I had an um, annual pass and we'd go on like Tuesday mornings, me and roommates or whatever, like small groups of people, we'd just go for like two or three hours at a time and then head back to school. So just very familiar and just like big affinity for Disneyland as problematic as Walt Disney is and Mickey Mouse is and all that. It's just a very nostalgic place for me. Uh, and more the, the ride that holds that place in my heart above all, all other rides is pirates, pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Love it. Love the smell, love the visuals, even though they revamped it after the movie still love it. So immediately went there as my little avatar running around and every ride, every attraction is a mini game, but it's like between two and five mini games. And you're like collecting yeah. coins and you're hitting alligators and you're like doing all these like very platformy type Crash Bandicoot games. It's very, and that's like the kid part of it. Just like simple, that's the kid part. That's the kid part. <laughs> Everything else. Now let's very get to mature. The, let's get to the series. Right. Well, I was I was trying to. I went to the Golden Horseshoe for some serious <laughs>, laughs and it's closed. Yeah. So some of my favorite parts no. aren't open. Yeah, I know. Sad times. Um, but yeah, that that is definitely my number one <laughs> for um well, for game pass. one thing i want to add to that is yeah you got you know you got your verbs in a game you got the things you can do and one of the key verbs in this is go up to one of the mascots mm-hmm. and hug them yeah and the interactions they have they each have their own hugging animation some of them don't hug yeah and like you go for the hug and they're like uh, let's do knuckles and yeah. you're like okay let's do knuckles yeah. instead and it's it's so good and watching my kid play it and her just running around and just like hugging all the princesses yeah. and like trying to find this one princess. Totally. It's so great. So much fun. You have like an autograph book that you run around and you're trying yeah. to collect autographs. So like it's that, that was Olivia's favorite part. My six year old of just like running around and being like, Oh my gosh, there's stitch right outside space. Yep. Space Mountain. Can I talk to him? Can I talk? <gasps> I can talk to stitch and I can give him a hug and I can high five him and I can dance with Cinderella and like all these things that are, she's only seen those movies once or twice or whatever, but they've like lived in her brain and just like obsessed with it. So pretty cool that she can see them. And to be clear, it's a one-to-one recreation of Disneyland, yes. right? The exact square footage. Yep. It, it, Club, Club you know, 33 is not open, it, just like in the real Disneyland. But it exists, right? right? The door is It there. says 33 on just the door. Just like in the real di- yeah. Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty, yeah. That kind of blew, blew my mind, for sure, that that was made. And I didn't know about it for this long. But uh, another one, again, that you and Sean have been telling me about for, for years, or that, I mean, I knew about, obviously, but, like, you've been telling me to download, is No Man's Sky. Yeah. which sold for 60 bucks and then 40 bucks and 20 bucks. And it's like slowly going down, even though apparently it's like they, every six months, a huge update. And apparently it's a much yeah. bigger game than what they promised, considering it was kind of a letdown when it first came out two, three years yes. ago. So pretty amazing game. I would say my, my kind of biggest issue was it was the like lack of tutorials. It just kind of like threw me on a planet. It was like, you're running out of oxygen now. Yeah. Don't touch those dinosaurs, but you can touch these yeah. ones or aliens yeah. or whatever. And I was like running around. I died a bunch of times. I thought it was a game where you could just fly around space and like go to planets. I didn't realize it was a game where you like have to get a certain amount of like gold ingot to run your generator to turn the lights on so you could repair the engine to turn your like it's it's like Witcher 3, but like the worst parts of Witcher 3. <laughs> like I wanted <laughs> in this, uh, the just like crafting, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted a space game where I could fly around to cool planets. And like maybe get cooler engines and paint my plane. I think there's a setting. I think there's a setting. There was a couple when I yeah was like, do you want it super hard? Do whatever I want. I I went for story mode though because I was like, oh, let's Uh let's tell me a story. It wasn't much of a story. It was just like you're about to die. Get some aluminum. 
the story is basically on those planets you'll find like alien rec- uh, relics. Oh, that's cool. Okay. And then you start to find out the story about this ancient oh, alien civilization okay. and it leads you on a much longer quest. See, this is why right? I need you to be uh, two or three hours ahead of me in these games. Well, and, a year and ahead. I don't even know if that's true because I am a year ahead. Like the last time right. I played this was probably a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And even then it had just changed. And mm. every time you got to get back into it, you got to like start from scratch because everything changes so radically. Yeah. The other thing is because it's procedurally generated, uh, there's some limits to it, but the planet that you kind of start out on could be one that's like, like really hostile. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. Like, you know, Oh, this planet's just toxic. Like you just can't live here. Like you could play, but you have to know a few things about the environment yeah. first to actually get through it. And it's, it's like, huh? I can see why it would be really fun. And it would yeah. be really fun if it was the one game that I wanted to play and I just wanted to pour like two or 300 hours into it. Yeah. I don't want yes. to. It, it reminded me a lot of everything. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that it was like just like a, a world where everything is unique in the very like procedurally generated aspect of that. Uh, where you see a dinosaur to your left and two minutes later you see the same dinosaur doing the same exact thing. But it was everything where everything could kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the best part about everything is it's really hard to die in that game. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's like six hours long. Yeah, that's true. That's a good part, too. Uh, I would say I've also been we played Legion this month. That was kind of um, my go to self therapy in the past month of just like jumping in. I played Watch Dogs 2 last month because you played it. You yeah. raved about it. So we both got Legion for each other uh, when it came or for our birthdays this fall. And I like 100% completed it in like three weeks. I was just like now I'm just like driving around in my cargo quadcopter i'm just on top riding around and randomly shooting it's great it's good times uh and then two other things i've been playing uh i guess watching one is because everyone jumped on season four just dropped of the crown so hannah and i started watching the crown uh i saw season one a few years ago and we're kind of hooked and it's it's a rough watch in just the kind of like religious and i don't know what kind of deconstruction of colonialism and realizations of a lot of stuff that Hannah and I have been going through the past year or so, 10 years or so, however long it's been, but just kind of growing up and seeing, seeing colonialism in everything and and empires of America and Britain in everything. And it's interesting to see which parts of that show they see as an issue and what's part, which parts they're like, Oh yeah. Like India is just kind of like a part of England or or whatever, whatever countries. And that's not really, they're not critical of that. It seems uh, at least season one. And it, I'm, it's interesting to see if like post 2019, 2020, where it's become more of a national conversation, if they do take a more critical view on that, but it's definitely something we're bringing to it. And so it doesn't make it as enjoyable as I think it would have been five years ago seeing it. So some interesting discussions, if nothing else. And just like, it's like a movie every week that show is just a really high production value too. Uh, but for two non um, what's it called? Regifiles. Um, what are the people who love England or love the, the, yeah, I don't know, but I know what you mean. Okay, I don't know the word either. Uh, a royal? What? There's people Ro- that like, royal watchers. Yeah, people that like love royals, and I've always been like, "What the hell?" And this has made me more yeah. than ever be like, "What the hell?" This has not given me an affinity for the queen at all. I like Regifile. That's good. Regifile. All right, cool. I like. Yeah, it. I only have sex with Reggie. That's right. Regifile that's right. with Reggie Philomy. Yes. Uh, former CEO of Nintendo America. Reggie Watts, but that's fine. Yes, that too. You uh, can watch. And then on our. Netflix, I think it's a Netflix also, is uh, Queen's Gambit. Everyone's on that. Speaking of Queens, right? Jumped on the Queen's Gambit train and so downloaded the chess.com chess app and been playing everyone. We played the other day. She's been playing left and right, um, t- taking tutorials. You can say it. You I don't want to say it. I, yeah, I did beat you. We have, so you had not, we had both had not played chess in like 20 years, maybe more. Yeah. Probably more, 25 years. Uh, and I like have memories of like what castling is. Like that was all I remembered. I didn't know like no strategies or anything. So uh, it's been fun taking tutorials and like Tyler is who's been on the podcast before for our battlefront episodes. We're playing almost every day and he's, he has like a, the master class for chess. He's been watching. So we're like full on like nerding out oh, nice. on it. So um, nice. definitely on my Christmas list is getting a, a real chess board. And then Hannah says she'll play with me if I, if it's a real board, she'll play. So looking forward to that. Oh, interesting. And a lot of Scrabble as well. That's been like our nighttime wind down, and I'll play Scrabble as the kids are going to bed. It's been a nice way to kind of connect at the end of the day. You are good at Scrabble. So I appreciate that. That makes sense. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, well, is this an okay time to transition to my game? Because I've, I've got something chess-like. Yeah, man. Uh, I've gotten into Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, uh, one more time? Fire Emblem, colon, Three Houses. You always have the most interesting games. I've never even heard of these. Yeah. Well, uh, so 
this is the the Western Japanese split, right? Um, Fire Emblem games have been around since the late 80s, early 90s. There was an NES one. You know some of the characters because you've played uh, Smash Brothers. Okay. And uh, I think it's Roy and Marth, and there's a couple uh, Smash Brothers characters who are from... Is this where Samus is from? No, that's Metroid. Okay. Um, In Japanese role-playing games, there's basically uh, three varieties. There's your action role-playing game, which is Zelda. Um, You know, things attack you, you attack them back. Sure. Right? And it's all happening in real time. Yeah. There is some kind of turn-based battle. So Final Fantasy is like this. Uh, You choose what your person is going to do, and you attack... Uh, but generally in those, it's, you know, uh, not a lot of spatial awareness, right? Yeah. There's, there's just like, they're near each other. Maybe you've got like back row versus front row for some right. characters. But that's the time stops while you fight. Right. And, right. Yeah, yeah. and then you've got your uh, tactical or strategic uh, RPGs. Okay. Which is like, it's all about space. It looks like a, che- a chessboard, you know, except it's a chessboard laid out on top of it's a, a, a grid laid out on top of a kind of real place, right? So there's a farm and you're going to defend this area from this people and you'll move other people over here and you'll do this. And certain characters can do some things and some can do others. And in between the battles, there's a story. What's the switch game or not? Yeah. The switch game that was like, that was like one of the first big switch games. Tharsis, Northgar, no. into the breach, into the breach. Into the breach. I think into the breach. Yes. Into the breach is a perfect example of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Into the breach. Uh, exactly. Um, it's, now, the, the difference is Into the Breach is going to be a more Western model. Gotcha. And it's going to be real slim on story, right? Into the Breach, you learn the story slowly over time. It's kind of a thin story. It's more of like a world building. And also, you kind of get to build your own story by just the characters that you have interact. Yeah. Right? And so they kind of have preset lines. But when those lines come, it starts to matter. It starts to mean stuff. Uh, it's cool things in that game where, like, occasionally a building will get destroyed and somebody will say, you know, I, I lived in that building in one of these timelines that we're in. Oh, I wonder if I just, I wonder if I died. Oh, like, like it, there's these kind of, cause it's all these timeline hopping. So that's, yeah, that's into the breach. It's great. Um, nice. but th- those, those conversation lines only happen like once every like four or five battles. They're, they're not yeah. frequent. Okay. The way, the biggest difference between uh, Western RPGs and I'd say Witcher is like the perfect example of a Western RPG. Okay. Um, you are, you know, you're taking on this character and you're, you're fighting and you're getting into battles, but there's no cut between the battles and the walking around. Right? right. And the stories. Right. It's all the same camera or it might as well be. Yeah, yeah. In Japanese RPGs, there's a big difference between the battling and the walking around other than the action RPG ones. Mm-hmm. And that's evidently fairly intentional. It's meant to be like, no, no, no. Getting in a fight should feel different. It should feel shocking. It, it shouldn't feel like, oh, this is just an extension of my everyday. Here I cook and here I fight. Right. You know, and so. Oh, look, a griffin. Let me chop him in half. Exactly. And so, uh, yeah, they, they have these big shifts. And so the, the kind of battling is very separate than the, from the exploring and the dialogue and everything like that. They're all very different systems mm-hmm. that might interact, but they feel like different places. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so th- those are some things I've been playing. And I have never been able to get into the tactics RPGs. I've heard, for example, that Final Fantasy Tactics is like one of the best Japanese role-playing games ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I own it on like three devices. And I've never been able to get past like the second level because I just find it so boring. Okay. Finally, I got Fire Emblem Three Houses. I've heard so many good things, and I've heard if you want to get into tactics-based RPGs, this is the way to get in. And I got it for myself uh, day before Thanksgiving. And I'm now 25 hours in. Mm. I love this thing. It is fantastic. So I'm looking at it right now. It looks like a cartoon. It yes. has that same kind of like, uh, what is that called? Cell-shaded or... Uh, yeah. It's kind of like Breath of the Wild. Yes. But with, yeah, explain it again to me how this, how tactic is different than just a normal RPG where you stop and fight. So it's, it's imagine that you're doing like a Final Fantasy or something. Yeah. And then every time you get into a battle, everything stops and you play into the breach. Oh, okay. And then you come out of it. Now that also means that it's not, you know, Final Fantasy battles. It's like you're kind of wandering around and someone attacks you. Right. Or you attack someone. Uh, This is more like, hey, there's a mission. We need you to go into this town and rid it of bandits. So you're going to come in here and take it. So it, it's, it's all laid out, right? It, there's, a, there's a plan. It, it doesn't feel kind of randomized in that way. This game is pretty. It's gorgeous. It's so much fun. I love the stories. I really like the characters. Um, it's fantastic. Classes, abilities. Wow. Oh, this is like deep nerd. It, if you fight, let's say I land next to your sp- to, uh, I land character A next to character B, and I attack someone and kill them. Character A and B become closer. Because they were next to each other in battle. And that will, like, 
have effects on wow. what, what they're doing in battle, but also you'll get a storyline later where like they start talking to each other more and their relationships increase. And one of the oh, things wow. that I like about the relationship increasing mechanic is you'd think it would be like, Oh, now I really care about you. I understand you so well. Like we're close. We're friends. Some of them are like, wow, I understand you better. You're really a dick. Like I do <laughs> not like you. And like, right. as they're getting closer, it's like them really recognizing the things they fundamentally disagree with, uh, about with the other person, uh, rather than them just becoming buddies. Uh, you know, some of these characters will never be buddies, right? But they will understand each other better. They will become closer. That's cool. All right. So what? Uh, what else? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm loving that, and it's making me think of a few deal breaker things, right? And so, why could I never get into this before? So we'll come back to that in a second. Watch Dogs Legion. Been playing a lot of that, of course. Or, yeah. or I haven't. Right? I got it. I played a bunch. You played for a while. it for a day or two. <laughs> uh, for about a week, and then I, I kind of dropped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. And it, it wasn't a a dislike of it. It was me realizing that my deal breakers have much more to do with can I play this in front of my kids? Can I play this while they're awake? The shared the shared space. That's tough. Yeah, yeah. And so you your gaming setup is not in the common area, right? It can be kind of secluded. Yeah. And mine is shared. Yeah. And so it just changes, you know, what can I play? So if Watch Dogs Legion was on Switch, I might be playing it a lot more. Right? Sure. If I'd got it on PC instead, maybe I'd be playing it a lot more. I'm sure. Not. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it really wasn't anything particular about the game. That's what I was going to um, say. Is like, if it was on Switch or whatever, would you think you'd, you would enjoy it? I think so. Uh, and I did enjoy it, right? Yeah, okay. I, I enjoyed what I, what I played of it. But I guess I wasn't that hooked by the story. Uh, I wasn't like, ooh, I can't wait to go see where we go next. Yeah. And so I was doing lots of like just putzing around, like trying stuff out and getting yeah. new characters and, and doing that, which is really fun, but it doesn't pull me back. It's not like I got to go back in there and putz around some more. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing now. Having beat it is yeah. putzing around and just kind of like trying to break the game and trying to get into Buckingham Palace and stuff. But and I, I remember just whining to you the first couple of days. Yeah. Just being like, oh, I'm not in. Watch Dogs 2 is so cool. Watch Dogs 3 Legion is just kind of like. I'm a different player because that's the hook, right? Is you can, you can convince anyone and any NPC in the whole world other than the like four or five bosses that you only encounter in there, you know, in the fights, basically but, like anyone in the whole world, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, maybe thousands to be on your team. And you like do a side mission for them. You can, you know, like kill their bookie or their, whoever their grandma's landlord, who's a slumlord or whatever, or not kill, but well, sometimes whatever, pay them off, whatever it might be. And then you can convince them to join DeadSec. And I like that idea of just like, this is a thing that's trying to like be damn the man, anti-fascism. I like that idea that it's not just like the main three people taking on the world, but it's actually something that's trying to infiltrate society and be like, hey, like come help us take down this evil corporation. Yeah. Uh, Which is a cool idea. I think it's executed really well, but I didn't have that emotional connection to the main character that the first two watchdogs had that I love. You end up like really enjoying playing as that character or I did. So I like, I want to fight for him. I really interested in his story. And as soon as the guy that I'm playing as the first eight to 10 hours dies and I'm like, I guess I'll play as that person I just met. Yeah. And like, that was like a huge drop in just kind of overall enjoyment for me. And I get, yeah, I got over that eventually and really started to enjoy the mechanics and kind of the, the story, but that was good and bad of that mechanic, I guess. Yeah, it's a good idea. Right? Yeah. On paper, it's really interesting. And both of us committed to permadeath. That was an yeah. important thing we did at the beginning. Yep. Uh, but when playing it, 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 it kind of pushes back on you and, and keeps you from playing it more, right? Yeah. It, it keeps you, it, it's a little bit of a resistance and you're not sure if it's in a good way or not. Um, one of the other things that, that got me thinking about this is my wife uh, got into gaming in the last few weeks. So she she's played Sims. Um, her, her two favorite games are The Sims and Farmville, uh, that, that Facebook game from, you know, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, she hasn't played Farmville in 10 years. Uh, she was playing some Sims recently, though, and they, uh, they did an update, and it was really buggy, and it kept crashing, and she was bummed about it and had to wait like a week for the next update. And in the meantime, I said, you know, a couple years ago, I played this game called Stardew Valley, and I said, this is the perfect game for you because it's Farmville plus The Sims, basically. Right. I think that you will like it. And she was very put, put off by it by just looking at the graphics. She was like, it looks like a Super Nintendo game. I don't want to play this. So does, so does uh, right. Farmville. Yeah. Uh, but it, there's the things that push you off, right? Totally. And so I said, listen, here's the thing. And I just bugged her about it. I was like, all I'm asking you to do is to play it for one hour. Find out if you like it. So I gave it to her, I think, on uh, Monday of Thanksgiving week and said, play it you know, for one hour. And she finally played it for an hour. And on Wednesday, she said, hey, Jason, do you think that you could buy me a Switch for Christmas? 
because we keep both wanting to play this at the same time. Uh, she's totally addicted. She just tonight started over and started a brand new character in Stardew Valley because she'd kind of done everything. I bet she spent over 100 hours on it in the last two, three weeks. Wow. I mean, she is in. Every, cool. every moment that she's not doing other things, she just picks it up and is like, collect the yeah. prop, do this, you know, turn it off. Freaking switch, man. Um, it's great. If, if you have Jinkos, it can live in your pocket. Exactly. And I do. Uh, I don't. I wish I did. Yeah, perfect. That's all I own. Oh, I wish I did. Yeah. Um, and so after she kind of exhausted the first time, I said, uh, can I recommend another game? Uh, maybe you'd like Golf Story. It's very similar graphics. You might kind of like it. Uh, she's like, but I hate golf. And I was like, that's okay. This is not a game that likes golf. Yeah, This exactly. is a game that, that likes story and thinks golf video games are fun. This is not Tiger Woods 98. or what, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. And I, I said, an hour, do an hour. And she's like, okay, fine. I only had to bug her about it like twice for that one. And now she is on the last level of golf story. Uh, she's on the, the final thing. She loves it. It's great. It's got so much heart. It's wonderful. She's excited about the sequel. So my, watching my wife get into gaming has been the thing that's gotten me to start thinking about like, so what are the deal breakers? Some of the things that pushed her off were the graphics uh, of this style of game. And now they're the things that pull her in, right? As she started to get into golf story, she was like, oh, it's got Stardew Valley type graphics. I kind of like this. Um, so the, the things that we think are pushing us off are often not the things that really are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, yep. And that's, that's what's really gotten me on this. I also uh, beat final fantasy six. And this was another one that, that really connected for me because I was playing it on an emulator on our game boys. Yep. On my game boy. Yeah. And um, I was going to choose to play it on super Nintendo game boy advance or PlayStation. And the PlayStation includes like 20 minutes of full motion video that they threw in there as well. Dude. Uh, but otherwise same game. 16 like, bits. Yeah. I was like, well, check it out. I was like, I even looked up, you know, what's the difference before I start this 40 hour game. I, I want to know if there's something, you know, I should, should do yeah. here. And somebody mentioned the loading times on PlayStation were longer. And I was like, yeah, who cares about loading times? And I started up and I got to my first battle and the, the like opening animation to get you into battle took like four or five seconds instead of the two seconds it takes for Game Boy Advance. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be, <laughs> I'm going to see this thing over a thousand times because you're just getting into battles all the time. Yeah. I do not want that. I cannot handle Freaking this. Nintendo. I just looked it up. Out. PS1 is 32 bit. 32 bit. They started. And uh, so is Game Boy Advance, but it's the whole solid state idea of a cartridge rather than a CD. Yeah. And and part of it, that part of it was because it took longer to load everything in there. It's not the loading screen itself that takes a while, right? It's the the things they're putting in there. But even on emulator, I was going to say the emulation, they built a longer loading animation because that's what people are used to. To be going on. Oh, because it would take loading. at least that long anyway. Right. God, I thought so you meant the people who made the emulation. I got you. Yeah, no, no. And so the, lo- the loading animation just plays. Wow. That's like, it's not loading. Right. It's, it's just done. playing an it's animation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Jeez. I was amazed how much it was like, if I have to do this every time, there's no way I'm playing this game. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm out. Um, because it's, yeah. it's, can you stay in that state? Right. Will your, your immersion be broken? Right. And to me, the immersion breaking is less about like, oh, I remembered it's a video game, mm-hmm. right? Um, a, a lot of people talk about that, about like, oh, it just breaks my immersion whenever one of the characters mentions something that makes me realize that the fantasy doesn't all like come together. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I know I'm playing a video game. I was never yeah. fooled. What breaks my immersion is when I'm like, can we get back to the video game now? Yeah. I could, Please. I liked playing the video game. That was fun. And even I'm shocked to myself. Even like two seconds will really affect me uh, and oh, really yeah. slow me down. Such a millennial. Such a millennial. Uh, so yeah, what what other deal breakers? Uh, we could talk about yeah. other, other games, but but let's go into this. I think loading for combat was the big one for me. The so not not just general loading, but like something that you do a lot. If it's something that I do yeah. a lot and it takes a long time, that's really bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a game recently that did that. I can't remember what it was. It might have been Watch Dogs, one of the Watch Dogs, because those are kind of the two main games I played recently. It was like going through the menu, like the menu flipping animation was like. Hate even that. though it's like a full second i'm doing it 30 times every time i pause the game and it's like yeah. come on guys i just need to switch weapons or whatever yep. persona um, 5 has that uh at the end of each battle there's this incredibly stylish animation that plays and like this cool baseline it's like it's really cool yeah for like the first 10 times but you play it like 700 times and there's yeah. no skip button it's like oh you're killing me that was a big one it's just build a skip button nfl mm-hmm. blitz did it in 1997 mm-hmm. uh-huh. give me a, give me a skip button yep 
Oh, uh, but yeah. So deal breakers. I kind of mentioned it with uh, with No Man's Sky, and it was a similar thing with Watchdogs. Uh, was it Watchdogs two that I texted you? I was like, How, "Why do I keep shooting people? Help me!" And you're like, "It was in the um, the tutorial, the walkthrough at the beginning." I was like, "What?" I think I accidentally skipped through it, or I pressed <laughs> the wrong button, and like I was just like, "I don't want a tutorial" because I did. I just had to learn the hard way, and the first level was terrible. But No Man's Sky, as I mentioned before, there's like almost almost no onboarding from my yeah. experience last yeah. week. And it's yep. just, it seemed like I did not know how to keep from dying. And I would say things like, you need aluminum to make this aluminum shielding. And I was like, how do I get aluminum? And like, there was no answer to it. I just kind of like ran around until I found a plant that was like, this is 1% of the aluminum you need. Press scan to find more. And it was like, 300 kilometers to the left is more aluminum. And I would die, like, this endless fetch quest in this game, I didn't even understand how to play. So. So yeah, I would say that the lack of onboarding is always tough for me. And as soon as I understand that, and this is me in everything, the older I get, the, the more I realize that I need to understand the, like the bear, the barriers and the yeah. borders and the full extent of everything. This, this, whether it's a book, a movie, a game, an area of study, like I yeah. need to understand all of the possible limitations to it before I can even get to like the basic level of enjoyment or immersion or whatever it is of reading it. So, um, which is why, again, I was reading Hobbit and Lord of the Rings at the same time, the past couple of weeks. And like, first thing I did was like go through Wikipedia on all of them and like research a couple of like interviews with, with Tolkien and just like go through and be like, okay, what is this actually about? This isn't just like a book about a short dude. And that made me, my enjoyment level shoot way up. Cause the first 50 yeah. pages of any book is like torture to me unless I know not spoilers, not plot stuff, but more just like, when was this written? Why was this written? What was the reception to it? Like, yep. what is this world that I'm being brought into? So getting back to, to No Man's Sky, I think the lack of kind of buy-in or understanding of what they were trying to get me to do in the first couple hours kept me from enjoying it. And like even understanding the basics of like the, the fetch quest idea. And I, I think the tension with it is that this is particular No Man's Sky, but it also can be generalized. Um, there's people who've been playing No Man's Sky for four years now, five years, right? It's it's been out for a bit. A while, yeah, I don't know. Um, and every time there's a new update, it's major. They're doing these huge overhauls where basically you want to start over, right, and experience the entire thing right. anew. Um, and so you have to build this tutorial in a way that the veteran gamers will be able to skip through, right? They'll be able to to get through all that. Mm. And yet you want to have enough for the newbies. Mm-hmm. I bet there were moments in Watch Dogs Legion where you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I get it. This is how you use this tool. Let I know how to hack it. people. Yes, okay, yeah, totally, totally. And the, the difference is your moments of exhaustion with that are different than someone else's. Yeah. And it's not even an amount, right? If like maybe you got hacking and they got combat, right? right? And, and all these, di- those little moving pieces and getting those sliders dialed in just right. Oh my for gosh. How much tutorialization do you want to do? Yeah. Um, is, is really tough. I think the best video game tutorial ever is Super Mario Brothers 1-1. Okay. I remember sitting there because it tells you nothing. And there's only two buttons. There's a turtle! What do I do with this turtle in front of me? The turtle's coming right at me. And what do you, And it's a yeah. Goomba. And what do you do? Well, I didn't know well, that. If jump. I didn't know how to play Mario, I didn't know it was right. a Goomba. You, right. Yeah, it's true. Uh, you, you die the first time. You're like, this game is stupid. <laughs> right. I just died. I pressed the wrong button. There was a 50-50 chance. Okay, so this button makes me jump. What if I jump on top of him? Mm -hmm. Can I stand there? Maybe you try and jump over him. And as you do, that first box is lined up in just the right place where you try to jump over. And you do two things. One, you hit the box so it opens up a mushroom. Throws you down. And it teaches you that. And it throws you down so you can't jump over him. You accidentally land on top, thereby teaching you how to kill enemies. Yeah. Right? And then it has... The uh, the things you've got to jump over, and you've got to learn the jump mechanics. Yeah, right? the pipes, the uh, the pipes, and then it has one of those little gaps. But the first gap it has is a totally meaningless one, where there's a little stairs going up, and then there's just ground in between. Mm. Right, you can just fall into it, and there's no penalty, and then you jump over. And then the one next to it, there's a big hole, so that right. if you're scared, you can practice on that first one. Right. And you'll be okay, right? So they they said it. I love that game. I love so many things about that game. But that first level tutorializes the entire game. Right. And it's a simple game, so that can be done. But that's the kind of tutorial 
that is so difficult to do, particularly the more complex a game you make. Yeah. And beating and playing it now, I mean, I played it a few months ago and you beat the first level in 35 seconds or whatever. Yeah. And my kids can't get past the first pipe. Yep. It's just amazing that, that it's just, and it's not when they're also five and six, right? So they just don't understand. They don't have the coordination yet, but also it's, it's fascinating to see that that one level can have such a huge expanse of difficulty levels, depending on gaming, especially when it came out, it was just mind blowing for everyone. No one knew how to jump on something. And people used to pitfall and Superman and games like that, where vastly different controls and lag and, and the, the screen size and everything or the screen uh, resolution, everything just totally different. So yeah. Yep. Sweet. All right. Deal breakers, more, more issues on deal breakers. Yeah. Do you have any more? Uh, those that was the main one I thought of. Um, it's just kind of like the lack of clarity on starting a game. And it really, if it, whether it's good or bad, if I push through, we've played enough month games that if I'm just like, Jay, how do I get through this? You walk me, you're my onboarding. And as soon as we get through it, like that holds almost no bearing on whether I like the game or not. It's more just like yeah. an annoyance on that. Uh, I don't, I'm sure there's other ones that do have more of a bearing on, on the rest of the game. Do you have any others? No, but there's the, the flip side of deal breakers that I've realized, which is that it's not always the deal breaker you think it is, right? Like I couldn't get into tactical role-playing games before mm. Fire Emblem. Yeah. I bet if I would have pushed through the Final Fantasy tactics, I would have loved it. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to go back to it now after I beat Fire Emblem and I'll, I'll play it and I'll probably love it. It'll probably yeah. be great. But uh, so the, the thing I learned with Megan, with, with my wife, is to say, play for an hour. Yeah. You know, commit to that. To say, I'm going to play this for an hour. Yeah. I'm going to get through it and we're going to, we're going to check it out. And the, the tough thing is triple a games, more recent games, you're committing to more like four or five hours where yeah. you really even know what the game is. Um, persona five is still tutorializing you around hour 14 to 15. It's still introducing new mechanics and telling you what they do. Um, like wow. some games are like that. Jeez. Um, I mean, think about, you know, Witcher three does that too. It's not quite as yeah. long, but it's pretty long. You're oh, still yeah. learning new stuff hours I mean, and hours. Think Red Dead is doing tutorials into like hour 15, 20. Yeah. It's like, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I, I will say that the my number one opposite of a deal breaker, which is like the, the, this has broken the deal for me loving this game, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I guess maybe it's a deal maker. Yeah, that's what it is. Deal makers. Deal maker would be story for me, which is kind of yeah. an obvious answer. It's one of the like three aspects of every game. But I think that's why we, yes, we grew up as Nintendo kids and we grew up at, I was a street fighter fan and Tony Hawk fan. All three of those games have almost no story. My favorite part of street fighter was when you like reading game pro and reading random things online where it was like, Oh, like Saget or Ryu is the one who gave Saget the scar in his chest. And Akuma is actually Ryu's dad. Or they were like in the same dojo together, like whatever. I don't remember the actual stories, but like, seen the weird cutscenes that were like five seconds at the end of every and like Vega taking his mask off and stuff and them saying the one liners. And so when you brought that thing up of like how to get someone hooked, just play for an hour. It reminded me of the, um, this podcast, the connect it's a new podcast with Jason Concepcion oh, nice. uh, of, uh, of the ringer and Shea Serrano also of the ringer. What a great website. What a great website. Uh, but their connect, they, they have a, the title. They think of a, um, an aspect, or I don't even know how they think of it, just a phrase. And it'll be thing, something like asshole boyfriend or deadly Latinos, or uh, it's dangerous outside the one. And, and they think they each think of a movie that has that aspect. And then they connect that movie in a bunch of different ways. So it's dangerous outside. One chose, chose the purge and the other one chose the Martian. Oh yeah. For asshole boyfriends. One chose wedding crashers and the other one chose 10 things I hate about you. Yep. Uh, this week's or last week's, I guess is nice sweater knives out and big Lebowski. Yes. Which is yes. just fantastic. And they go through yes. the whole connection. Ha nice is the idea of just play for an hour that one of the, uh, the segments yeah. they have is what's the three minute, three minute segment of the movie that you would give to someone to convince them to watch the whole movie. Yes. And it's really cool. I mean, we've seen 90% of the movies on here in, in their podcast. They try to pick pretty big movies. And it's cool listening to them pick a three-minute segment because sometimes it's just like, this movie's so good, just watch the first three minutes and there's no way this person couldn't keep watching yeah. or or watch this amazing Sorkin speech right the, in, in the middle of uh, the social network or whatever it might be. Um, but I think that, that, that like going off what you said and then me thinking of the connect and the story idea is Legions is cool. It's a fun game. I like the... We talked earlier this week about how every art has, right, 
uh, art, audience, features, genre, genre, uh, these different aspects. And what was it? Meaning. And meaning. Right. But features was the one that was kind of like the wild card. It was like, oh, what are the cool features? And I think Legion's chock full. Right. Legion is the features is the stuff is like quadcopters, right? Drones are everywhere. And like, that's kind of cool. Hacking is a feature. None of those are really story things. In a year from now, I won't really remember what Watch Dogs is about. And in three years from now, when Watch Dogs 4 is coming out, I'll be psyched for it. Because I'll be like, oh, that game was really fun. But it's not going to make any of my like top 10 lists of like favorite games ever or anything like, like Red Dead has. Or right. like Outer, Outer Wilds has, which is oh, like yeah. steeped in lore and story. And the reason I play those games isn't because the mechanics are so cool. Another phenomenal tutorial. Uh, yeah. W- without tutorializing. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, God, exactly. Beautiful. Brilliant. But it's not because I like love killing buffalo or like yeah. like trapping whatever, like skinning whatever. Like those games are I do that because of the story. Yeah, you played Outer Wilds a lot differently than me, it sounds like. <laughs> I killed a lot of buffalo in Outer Wilds. You yeah. didn't find that planet? No? Yeah, you, you you skinned a bunch of aliens. Yeah, dark dark buffalo. That, yeah, that yeah no, no, I did not. It's right next to Dark Bramble. But yeah, I'd say my deal maker would be a not even like it doesn't have to be an amazing story that I'm like, oh my god, this is rivals any book I've ever read. But just a story that kind of stays true to itself with a good character that's trying to find his way in the world or her way in the world is something that I'll put up with crappy controls. If it's got a good story, I'll keep going. As you mentioned, uh, Street Fighter, it reminded me of the the capacity for imagination uh, okay. that we have as kids. Right. And so, you know, we did. There was a story that was happening behind the scenes yeah. that we saw happening right, and it was that happening- we cared about. On the playgrounds, we like yeah. kids were making stuff up between yes. actually playing. Yeah, yeah. And this is I, I beat Final Fantasy VI, and I started on Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it captured this for me. Uh, the very first moments of Final Fantasy VII Remake, after you finish the you know fifteen minute cutscene where it's just like the original cutscene but pretty. Yeah. You hop off of the train, and it's the same kind of train, and you get in a battle with the same guards. It's the exact same level design as the original Final Fantasy VII. Nice. And then the battle takes three or four times as long. And you're punching and kicking and doing this and doing that, right? And it's Final Fantasy VII Remake. You know that this is part one, right? No. Oh, dude. So it's a it's a 40-hour game. Yeah. It is a remake of a 25-hour game. And it only covers the first four or five hours of it. I thought it was like a shot for shot. They just like upped the resolution. And that's exactly what they did. But we got to think about resolution differently. Okay. Right? It's not 4K graphics. That's what I thought. It's, okay. Right? It's like... They, they did that, but it means something different. Okay. okay. So that first scene, right? You jump off the train with your little polygon body yeah. and you get in a cloud? fight. Are you cloud? Yeah, you're cloud. And you choose attack and it hits. And the other person chooses attack and they hit you. And then you choose attack again and it hits them. And they're out, right? But when we played that when we were kids, we imagined the battle. And we saw it in our minds. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they made a game about the game we imagined. Wow. And that's when it like blew me away. I was like, and they did it right. Like it's, it is what I imagined. Wow. It is not a remake of final fantasy seven. It is a remake of the game. I thought I played when I was 14. Wow. And that's, that's tough to do. <laughs> that is cool. Uh, and it connected so well for me because I just played final fantasy six and I was doing those same imaginative things again, because that's a game that isn't going to give you a lot of that. Right. It's going to be like, and then you get in a battle and these sprites and they have a conversation. Uh, um, girlfriend reviews had a, um, a review, whatever yeah. they call them, a video on final fantasy seven remake six months ago or so. And it's hilarious and, and amazing and all that good stuff. But I do not remember them saying they usually don't get into the nitty gritty of that kind of right. stuff, but I didn't realize it was part one from that. Yeah. Jeez. We're not even amazing. sure how many parts we're guessing like five or six. Wow. Like it's going to be long. Jeez. This series might not end before your eldest graduates high school. Like there's a good chance of that. I mean, it makes sense if you've made 20 games more, way more than that. But like one is, has become like the archetype for generations of games. And like, it's the alpha of all these games. Then might as well just like, Hey, let's hone in on that. People like that so much. Let's remake it and remake it in a way that isn't just like Lord of the Rings 4k now buy that again, Yeah, which I will, but still, well, they've been trying to remake it since then. Right. Every Final Fantasy eight, nine, ten, all the other ones have been trying to capture that, right? And to to greater or lesser extents, and they've they've had successes. They've been great things, but it was that was a sea change moment for them. Yeah, from Final Fantasy six to seven. And the amazing thing is, and this is not controversial among fan, Final Fantasy fans, six is a better game. Whoa, and it's not, and it's, and it's not close. Wow, like seven had three D graphics. 
Oh, it was yeah. a huge jump. Got it. It's exciting. It's fun. Right. right? But six required that imagination in ways yeah. that seven didn't. And yeah. six, the story is so freaking good. That's cool. Quick spoiler alert. There's a moment in which one of the characters you're controlling attempts suicide. And you, as the character, walk them up to the cliff's edge. Holy crap. Because they think that the world, the world has literally ended. There's been this giant catastrophe, and they think that everyone is dead. And then they, when they land on the ground and didn't die, they find a scrap of a bandana that was from one of their friends from before the world ended. And they realize that they must still be alive. Wow. It's like, and that's phenomenal. It's not even the best moment, right? Like this game has Jeez. stuff going on. It's so good. That's cool. All right. Deal breakers, deal makers. Um, I think we're done. Let's, let's, let's break this deal. New consoles. Oh yeah. Obviously because we have a, uh, a video game empire that we're running with <laughs> both buying our PS fives and Xbox series X's. So mine's on the way. I got it from a scalper. It was only 1700 bucks. So yeah, it'll be here in a couple yeah, days. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation actually bought me one. Oh, uh, nice. I forgot about yeah. that sponsorship deal. You have. Yeah. Uh, no, we both decided that we're probably not going to buy him anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So much so that I probably won't buy this model. Oh, it'll be the XS or whatever. <laughs> it, not necessarily even the, the XS or the pro, but particularly with PlayStation, whatever that first model is mm. in the past, that's either had problems or like benefits with it. Like the PlayStation three, the original PlayStation three has huge benefits over the recurrent models, uh, the subsequent Weird. models, yeah. but like, like the slim. Yeah. yeah. The, I will, they will probably have a new model before I'm ready to buy this. Um, yeah. it's going to be at least six months, probably over a year. Yeah. And I'm leaning PlayStation just only because, um, just because, well, I mean, it seems like they're both doing well as far as like graphics and resolution and speeds and all that. I mean, they're both impressive. Uh, but I, there's been, I've been off Sony since the PS3 is what I still have. So missed it, missed out on all the um, Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man game, Last of Us 2, um, any other exclusives. So obviously I've been playing Halo every day. So good thing my Xbox One because um, that's my favorite game oh, of yeah. all time. Yeah. People love that. Don't, don't worry. It's not coming out before I buy a <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm guessing. Which like, one will come out first? <laughs> yeah, am I going to buy a console or will Halo come out? Halo uh, Infinity? Neither is happening in 2021, so oh, don't worry about it. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. We have... Oh, but we uh, buried the lead on our, our gaming loves, or maybe with the gaming zeitgeist, I guess. Who knows if yeah. we love it, but Cyberpunk. <gasps> we're we're just four days away. We got it for each other for Christmas, because that's for what Christmas. Because it's free Christmas. that way. It was a gift. Exactly. I didn't buy this game. Exactly. It, was, it was a gift. I had to get Jason a gift. He's my brother. Like, I... I'm excited about this game. I've been excited about this game for years. I do want to say they have gone out of their way to be particularly shitty to trans people. And so I don't want to like promote the game How? without mentioning that. Oh, I so you don't know this. Okay. I didn't know about this at all. I followed yeah. a lot of like gaming news. I didn't know about this. Yeah. So one, they have had some social media people who have been like made anti-trans jokes about like, uh, I, I, I can't remember their particular jokes, but they made one very early on in the development process. One that cyberpunk later apologized for CG and specifically CD project red, not just cyberpunk. Yes. Particularly around this game. Yeah. Jeez. Well, it, it was CD project red, but it was about cyberpunk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that came up is, uh, during the kind of planning thing, uh, they talked about body modification and changing your body. And like one of the key mechanics is the more you change your body, the less human you become. Mm hmm. Now, now think about that from a trans perspective. Yeah, right. That's fair. So people pointed that out, and they were like, "Well, hey, we fixed it because there's seven different kinds of penises that you can have on your character, and yeah. two different vaginas." And yeah, fixed it. And the amazing, like, the misstep there is like one, being trans. I'm not speaking from experience. I yeah. want to be careful there, but like from the people I've talked to, it does not have to do with genitalia. That is what cis people want to boil it down to. Right. That is not what it is. Right. Here's an easy one. How about I can choose? You've got two voices, two voice actors. How about I can have a female character using female pronouns and have the male voice actor plugged in? That is easy, right? In terms of coding things, right? It's the kind of thing you or I could do. Yes, yeah, right. This is <laughs> this is not that difficult. Yeah, that is not available. And trans people have asked for that since game since day one. Which um, I understand asking for that in Mario, and then yeah. being able to like. We can't do that. This is something that's like, it's pretty easy. And in a game where they're like changing bodies and is pushing the limits on what any game has ever done before. Yeah. 
it does seem like like obviously they thought about it and made a choice about it. Yep. Yeah. And it, and it seems so. So the most egregious has been around trans issues. Uh, there's also been just these, this kind of racist stereotypes that they've had in a lot of the promo materials around the different gangs. Yep. Uh, one of them has a, a if I remember right, it was a Chinese like kung fu type gang. Uh, but not only that, but they they had katanas, and it's like, hmm. like come on, stupid Westerners know this. Like that's yeah. not the right no. And there's the the Latinx gang, and there's the, the and it's like there's so many cyberpunk as a genre is all about just tearing apart those stereotypes yeah. and doing something weird. Yeah, right. There's this stupid joke about. Um, Oh, really? You identify as a woman? I identify as an attack helicopter. Oh, I'm so, so funny. And you'll see that on Twitter. People saying I identify as a, an attack helicopter, just the laziest joke in the world. Cyberpunk's the place where you could be an attack helicopter. Right. Right? You can do whatever you want to your body. This is a place to explore, to, like, do something wild and completely undo what culture has been. It's also a place where the plot of cyberpunk, any cyberpunk, is always the corporations themselves are evil and are exploiting people. Mm-hmm. And yet, I'm guessing we're going to get a fairly milquetoast kind of pro-corporate yeah. story. Yeah. And that's disappointing, not because like, oh, this game is evil, but because like, damn, this game had some potential. Yeah. And I'm starting to feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to fall short that's on sad. a lot of the areas. Well, that sucks. There's my screed. Yeah, that's, that sucks. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, last thing on uh, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, because I mentioned uh, it's anti-trans uh, stuff, I do want to also say... Extreme Meat Punks Forever. It's like seven bucks. Check it out. Made by a trans creator. Cool trans game. You're in these giant meat mechs. Like, I, oh, it's so great. It's so great. It's so, it's so it's great. funny and it's smart. And yeah, it's good. Yeah. And so season two just came out. Uh, oh, last nice. Month. Um, nice. Nice. So yeah, great time to get in. Uh, catch up. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And we got to get back to uh, Treachery and Beat Down City whenever that episode two comes out. Yes. Speaking of speaking of weird stereotypes that shouldn't exist in games. <laughs> Right. Damn it. I brought us back. There you go. Oh, good times. So thanks for joining us today on this side quest, uh, this special bonus episode. Uh, It doesn't count. Uh, There will be no test on this, unlike the other episodes. You can connect with us on uh, MOLMFPAT on M-O-L-M-F. Wow. What is it? It Yeah. M-O-L-M-F dot com. Dot com. Uh, We're MOLMFPOD at Gmail. M-O-L-M-F-P-O-D at gmail.com. All the links are on our website. And then, yeah, find the, find the links. We're M-O-L-M-F pretty much everywhere. Yep. Hope to see you in two weeks uh, talking about Paradise Killer. Yay! Yes. Yay! I'm fully interested in drinking.